This program is brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland. And you're listening to phoenixradio.com.au and this is your Monday morning buzz. I hope you all grab that cuppa and ready to get this conversation started. We have our guest today on the line and ready to go and we are talking about why men's mental health awareness is so important. So Corey Lum, who we've got up today, has been on the show before uh, earlier in the year when we discussed Child Abuse Awareness Month. Corey is a respected and well-known member, not just within his community, but within many communities where he and his partner uh, with many organisations give back in ways of hot meals that Corey helps with at street feeds clothing, warm blankets and toys through his selfless giving programs, also tackling mental health and social isolation alongside the Bamboo Projects and even putting a stop to child abuse with Paddle Against Abuse campaigns. It's just fantastic and these incredible initiatives and the many of them that Corey has not only founded but also funded to get off the ground. Everyone's mental health is so unique and it varies during our lifetimes and you know we can move back and forth along our lives and through these different personal ranges of positive and healthy at one end uh, through to I guess depressed and negative at the other and this scale is really touching and it's non-predictable. When it tops these men can quickly find themselves in the most vulnerable positions that they've ever found themselves in before. And we're going to talk a bit today about the stigmas attached to men being strong and masculine. And, you know, men are showcased and stereotyped as this. So they don't ask for help, you know, in, I guess, as easily channels as us girls do. And that's just the reality of it. And, you know, that's why men with mental illnesses and mental health issues They need advocates like Corey within the community who know what they're going through and they can help protect their rights. So even as a new dad himself, uh, Corey and his partner still selflessly give away their time and the community is very lucky. We are very lucky here at the Monday Buzz. I am very lucky that Corey has taken time out of his valuable schedule to have a yarn with us today. Welcome to the show, Corey. It's awesome to have you back a part of the Monday Buzz this morning. How are you going? Uh, very well today, all rugged up and keeping nice and warm through these cold winter nights. Oh yeah, we need that, don't we? Well, yeah. uh, tell the tell the listeners a little bit about yourself for those who haven't heard from you yet. Um, so for the last four years, I've um, been running a a, a uh, NGO, a non-government organisation called the Big Three, Strive, Thrive, Live, which is about um, showing others about how to find resilience through adversity, um, and then also running selfless giving about how to find meaning through meaningless by giving back to communities. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Corey, sort of take us back. We have had you on the show before and we discussed, um, you know, Child Abuse Awareness Week and we learned a little bit about you then, but mm-hmm. sort of take us back to the beginning. Why is this a passion of yours? Why have you taken this sort of path in life to be an advocate and a voice for others? Yeah, it wasn't until, um, up, up until I moved to Australia in 2001, I'd come from a long history of uh, domestic, physical and sexual abuse um, and also uh, life of crime um, and having been born into a criminal family, it seemed like the course mm. for me. Um, but leading um, up to, so 2001 I moved here, but in, in um, 99, 2000, it all got too much for me and I made an attempt at my life um, 
in, in succession. Mm. Once, all in one, in one night, in succession, three times, once it didn't work, and I ended up getting um, arrested by the police, um, put into a hyperbaric chamber for three days to remove carbon waste, and then um, I had to go see a criminal psychologist who helped me to start to identify the triggers and issues that I was trying to suppress. So when I moved to Australia in 2001, I came in with a fresh slate. I no longer had the, um, the, the things that people thought of me before of what my expectations of where my life was going. Yeah, I, no longer, yeah. Yeah, I no longer had that anymore. I had now, when I moved to Australia, become master of my destiny. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I did, it did still take five years, five to ten years before I started to shake the stigma that I held about myself and the perception of who I thought I was. But then when I moved up to Queensland in 2010, um, I started to challenge myself a little bit more by doing physical events. I started to have a lot more control over my life, but to start to learn more about what those issues that I was, I was dealing with at the time, the issues and the tra- trauma and the triggers, I had to start to learn more about what they were. So I'd start to learn about loneliness and grief and I'd actually understand them a little bit more and actually start to place them in the place where they belong, which wasn't mm-hmm. um, pathologically in my psyche, but pathologically as a situation. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so that's where it started to change. But it, it, I no longer had to start to work on myself. I knew I had to start to align with people who shared the same story and the same journey. And so that's how the big three came about, was mm-hmm. like a, a beacon of sorts to throw myself out there into the wind hoping that someone with a net would catch it and say, I feel what you're feeling. I'm actually going through that. Can I share this with you? It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's a journey shared is a burden relieved. Yeah, so, well, I guess, you know, and thank you for sharing that, Corey. And yeah. I guess that, you know, having experienced, you know, so many of those, you know, things yourself, you would be able to relate there's so yeah. many of the, the traumas and the experiences that you're helping with now and helping people deal with. And you gained that education behind it as well. And do you feel that moving into this sort of path and giving back has helped you heal as well and let go of those stigmas you said you were still sort of struggling with? It definitely did help, but it did address a lot of things deep-seated. So it, it, when you tend to bring up a lot of past issues or current issues, it does bring on a wave of emotion back of those issues. Um, mm. But it's, it's being able to see that um, by starting a new collective of group of people that they were now my new support group. So before we, yeah. people tended to um, isolate themselves because they had no one else to talk to or no one else to relate to, I now knew that there was other people like me who went through the same issues. Yeah, well, coming from a background, Corey, with so many obstacles and challenges, um, what do you see still exist in the community today? Because a lot of the challenges you've spoken about, we do see. What are the biggest problems you still believe exist? Um, I think really cohesive conversation between family members, between friends um, and between our colleagues um, and being able to have that cohesive conversation where there's acceptance but there's no sympathy, um, more empathy, um, which does come down to um, people don't know how to respond to, to mm. these issues. So there does need Situations. to be a sense, yeah, there does need to be a, a better sense of um, how much 
they're not wanting them to burden with them. They're just trying to release it. So people need to realize that um, they're not asking them to help them or to help them find a solution. They just need someone to talk to. Yeah, yeah. I like that um, when I asked you, Corey, the biggest problems in society, you went straight into the human side of things and not just sort of a label of domestic violence or child abuse. And, you know, those labels are very, you know, they're, they're worthy, but it's nice yeah. that you looked into that human side and what's, that's, yeah. what's wrong from that level. Yeah. And how do you feel the programs that you're working with, like the big three, um, sort of help to combat these issues? A lot of times it's about um, exposing yourself to be able to allow others that space to come and join. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the physical events or the community events are about sharing that space for others to come into it. Um, but also it gives people outside of a clinical sense to come and um, join something to, to release that burden. A lot of people that we come in contact with um, that I've come into contact with don't necessarily want to go see talk to someone that they know because once they finish talking They want to go back to their life and not have mm -hmm. to feel a stigma that that person that they've spoken to will constantly then be a reminder of that yeah. So the events that we hold as such are anonymous. They are able to come and release and relieve themselves of um, whatever um, emotional state they're going through because uh, we're going through a lot of times now where men are going through um, divorce uh, and through that divorce they're going through grief and loss and shame and guilt mm -hmm. they were no longer able to fulfill that that intention of manhood that we mean to live up to um, and and a lot of times mm -hmm. um, financial situations as well so um, in a sense it's more about telling them it's okay we're sorry yeah. that it happened that way and yeah yeah and see Corey that you know just goes to show that having that you know, that experience that you've been through can almost be, um, you know, I don't want to offend anyone, especially yourself or trigger almost a blessing in a way because you've now learned this skill because I would never have thought that talking to someone anonymously would help anonymously would help. I would think that you'd want to talk to a regular person, but being inside that situation, I guess that would give you a more unique sort of perspective on what's going to work. It does. Definitely. The, the, uh... A great focus of going clinical, such as seeing an emotional focus therapist, is that they act as a mediation. There is mm -hmm. no um, direct emotional um, connection to that person, so you no longer feel, uh, what, what do I say? So because they have no emotional connection to you, they're giving you a very positive but also real response on how to help you through that without mm -hmm. just trying to help you because um, they're family. They don't want to see you suffering. They don't want to see you in pain. But they also, um, when you're talking to family sometimes, you're having a conversation with someone who's not preempting a conversation. You're hearing, so you're talking to someone who's listening and offering a res resolution based on what you're saying, mm. not based on your previous history. So yeah. That makes total sense. Well, before we get into why the topic of men's mental health awareness is so important, talk us through what uh, Big Three looks like today. What are you doing these days with your organisations? Yeah, so it's definitely growing in a sense of um, going multinational between New Zealand and Australia. Uh, it's growing in a sense of trying to, uh, we're now working on creating a facility, which is more of a, a base um, for DB, for domestic violence, people as a centre for them to be able to go in a transaction into the next place, but also for families who don't meet emergency um, 
criteria to give them a place to, to locate them to. Um, so in a sense, the growth of the big three is now having been able to see the flaws in government and non-governmental organisations to find that space to be that buffer in between. So that's where the growth of the big three is now gone. Yeah, fantastic. Well, so before we go, for you at home, if you are experiencing any troubles or you just want someone to talk to, you can always reach out to Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14 we are talking men's mental health and as we come off the back of Mental Health Awareness Month that was run every June here in Australia, we have been yarning with Corey Lum and we've decided to extend this month to raise awareness and to spend more time learning about this issue. Corey Lum is an advocate in our community, standing up against many issues that do lurk in the darkness and still exist within those corners of our communities. Now, Corey's just been telling us a little bit about himself, updating us on how the big three is going. And uh, now we're going to get into men's mental health. So, Corey, just straight off the bat, when I say men's mental health, what do you think of? What comes to mind? Um, I th what does come to mind is a history of men's mental health and how a lot of our mental health has always been repressed, um, mm. which goes back historically um, through yeah. uh, colonisation, through when people are go through immigrants of loss from moving to another country, from missing their family, uh, mm. to be put into a situation where they have to live with it. Uh, when then we go through world wars, men going through mental health um, back then, and trauma, and having to suppress that trauma, it was uh, less of a of a conversation back then for men returning from service, and still is now. Um, and then moving up through the years, if we go through colonisation, if we go through um, uh, oppressed uh, cultures, um, through the oppression of the cultures, um, and then we come up to now. We're, we're given a platform now of being able to, we're almost been given a permission to talk freely, but that dialogue mm -hmm. or conversation is only just starting now. So we're still trying to find that. So the, the importance of men's mental health now is that this is where it starts. Yeah, nice, nice. And you mentioned there, Corey, that, you know, it is still an existing issue now, some of those things um, from history that are still playing out now in our society. What are some of those biggest issues? How is this still, you know, how real is this still in our community these days? There's still a lot of really big issues. If we talk about things like hyper-masculinity, uh, mm -hmm. we talk about how how bravado we are meant to be as men. We're now being given a platform where we're allowed to be, feel sensitive. We are now see that in our young boys, when we're raising young boys, that young boys now are just, but we're always taught from when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, you know, to be, uh, to be a dominant tough, to be tougher. And now I realise now, looking at my sisters, how much stronger they were, were than me. Well, we talk a lot, Corey, about, you know, breaking down these stigmas. And we mention it a lot to, you know, you listeners at home would hear that's a big part of what Media Minute's about is wanting to break down those stigmas, bring the awareness, make these conversations okay to be had. How do you feel that we can do that um, with this issue? How can that be achieved? I think sometimes the, the conversation's actually really easy. When um, people actually do come in, uh, they do look like there is something wrong. And sometimes we... We don't no notice the subtle um, things in someone's behaviour, but 
we may notice that from one minute they're gone really to a really sad, lonely, depressed state to all of a sudden being happy. Sometimes when people were going through uh, suicidal thoughts, they, that happy moment is actually a sense of clarity of what they're about to do. So mm -hmm. sometimes the best thing we can do is just go and put our hand on their shoulder and say, are you okay? I've noticed mm -hmm. a change in your behavior. Is there something that you'd like to talk about? And sometimes we don't have to give them, if there has been something happen at home or at, uh, which whether it can be with the domestic violence at, at home in a relationship, sometimes if we don't know what to say, the best thing we can say is, I'm sorry, I love you, and I'm here for you. A lot of times when it comes to helping people with mental issues, it's not that complicated. It's a very simple solution to help someone. Yeah, and, uh, you know, many of us, are still unaware though and I know I'm not sure about everyone at home I'm not talking on behalf of everyone but I know myself I'm still unaware and don't sort of know exactly what those indicators would be that my mate's having trouble or my brother might need someone to talk to what are some of those indicators I should be looking for Corey or we should all be looking for we're probably um, with COVID at the moment we're probably in, in one of those those positions where a lot of things are quite um, apparent you know, a lot of people going through financial stress. Uh, some people um, are afraid of what's coming up. They're not too sure. Um, so some of the indicators are maybe erratic behavior as far as um, saving or spending money. It can be um, someone who all of a sudden has started smoking, someone who has started biting their nails or someone who has become repressive. Um, the indicators come down to um, uncommon behaviors in someone which are negative, like I see that you work out, which is a positive thing now. So there's, there's no indicator there that, some, that something is wrong, is something that's positive. You're seeing something yeah. wrong and you're working towards it, rather than someone who may feel something wrong and repress themselves back further. So the indicators are very different for everybody, but some people will go through isolation. They will stop being as, uh, it may take them days to respond to messages. If you send them messages, they may not answer your phone call. If you leave a voicemail or if they know that you're working at a particular time and that you wouldn't answer the phone, they'll only call you in those times. So there can be some indicators um, or that, that can show that something is wrong with someone uh, because they are intentionally avoiding you or they're intentionally avoiding a conversation. So that, that can be an indicator. Mm, yeah, yeah. And uh, some really good information there, Corey. Thank you. And what advice, though, you know, if we notice these things or we sense these things, what do we do? Because I'm, I'm a female, like to approach a male, you know, what, what is the best thing? Do we suggest something offering help from your experience? What would you advise that, you know, would be that best step to take? I would say your first step, if they're not answering your phone calls, to go to their house. Ask them if they're okay. You don't have to go inside. You can stand outside the door and talk to them. Yeah. A lot of times there's males. So a lot of the things that I do with uh, Bamboo Projects or with the Big Three is we're very proactive because men are very, we talk and we do something at the same time. So we'll go fishing and we'll talk. We'll go for a trial run and we'll talk. We're not really, in a sense, going, it's when that comes to friends or family. Just sit and talk sort of thing, yeah. no. That, that is quite a, a female-orientated exercise that they like to do, which is I can see why some men find therapy quite conflicting because they're put in one place 
um, and they don't have you, they may fidget or they may look around because mm. they need to keep themselves stimulated to be able to open those doors to be able to conversate. Yeah, absolutely. And um, again, I'm going to put uh, this up onto the podcast, onto the page, but I'm also going to link a few of these onto the page as well, a few of these notes and bullet points and things that we can look out for in our mates and also things you can look out for in yourself if you're listening at home. And uh, we do have some incredible stories to share up this month. But first, Corey, if we do have any young men at home, any men at home that are listening that might be feeling like some of the things you mentioned are going on for them, what would your advice for them be? I would be, I would probably suggest to take note of the exact emotion or the subject that we were talking about that had a sudden emotional response to you. If anything that we've spoken about has an emotional response, by all means you can contact me about that specific response or you can actually go online and you can find out for yourself or you can call lifeline a lot of these people are trained in dealing with um, different circumstances of depression anxiousness grief loneliness um, solitude isolation the misconception of who they are or the perception of who they are or that their self-worth and their self-awareness a lot of lifeline uh, people have come into they've dealt with many cases so they would be able to um, give you a sense of direction so by all means, do, do reach out to an online service or Lifeline. They are 24 hours a day. Um, as much as I would like to make myself available, um, I unfortunately am not 24 hours a day. But it doesn't yeah. mean I don't care and I won't respond at any given time. So please, if you do hear something that resounds quite emotionally to you, by all means, do reach out. Yeah, you need that help instantly. Then there are those services for you. And that lifeline number is 13 11 14. We'll put that up onto the page with our post again today. And thank you so much, Corey. It's been absolutely awesome to yarn with you today. Thank you. And uh, we have these incredible stories coming up this month. So over the next three Mondays, stay with us here on The Buzz. We're going to share stories from Duncan Burns, Robert Moraka. How do you say that one? Oh, Mokaraka. Uh, Mokarata uh, and Adam Kellerman, just to name a few. Uh, and I think I'll leave that pronunciation up to Corey. Well, thank you so much again, Corey, for taking the time and being a part of kicking this month off for me. It's a very important month and I'm very humbled and honoured to have you help me introduce it. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. And remember, men, you are acknowledged, you're loved, you're appreciated, and we can all come together as one, as men. And with Shane as a female, we can also acknowledge that our, our females and women are there for us just as much as well. I'm just but, opening, yeah. I'm just opening those conversation lines for you guys all to yarn and open up to each other. So I'll just be that little platform. Love, <laughs> no. love buzz. Thank you so much. Today's world is more competitive. Challenges are more complex. Industries more rapidly changing. Employers more demanding. You need to think bigger, act faster, work smarter. And to do it, you need to be more than skilled, more than relevant, more than qualified, more than confident, more than employable. Become more with the University of Southern Queensland, the number one uni for graduate employment in Queensland. Apply now at usq.edu.au.